Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Eric Name, our Milwaukee basketball insider, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. And Eric, uh, should we be concerned that the Bucks have dropped six of their last eight dating back to pre-COVID? Ooh, that's a tough one. I don't I don't think so. Uh, I, I think you look at those last couple games that they did drop before everything kind of shut down. Phoenix and Denver, Giannis didn't play Denver, seven of the top eight regulars didn't play. So, um, you know, I think there's, there's plenty of reasons to, to see why the Bucks might have dropped some games. But I do think ultimately when you put it all together uh, – it's about time where, where the Bucks need to start getting into shape and getting back into a good rhythm here as the playoffs are, are really only about two weeks away, uh, starting on August 17th. And, and granted, they're going to have a, a pretty simple series in that first one, uh, you know, whether it is the, the Nuts or the Magic in that first-round series. But they will have to play better, and they will have to start to get some of that rhythm. Uh, I, I think we saw some of it against Boston and Houston in their first two games in the restart, but there was still some sloppy play. There was still guys like George Hill trying to find his sea legs. And, you know, I think yesterday in the Nets game, the, the priority was we're going to worry about minutes, so that means we're going to worry about Giannis and Chris and not overworking them, so they're only going to play the first half. We're going to worry about getting Eric Bledsoe on the floor. We're going to worry about getting Pat Connaughton on the floor and then getting all the other veterans some minutes and, and really getting everybody some minutes to make sure that we're not overworking these teams. And obviously that has been a priority for the Bucks. and many times Mike Boonholzer has told me that the plan is to peak for the playoffs, not peak. Uh, you know, as soon as they got here and as soon as they got back on the floor playing games that actually counted. But as you watch them, you can see that they're not quite there yet. So uh, I think it's time for, for them to start cleaning things up and starting to get to, to where they need to be for the playoffs. But, you know, I thought yesterday it was pretty clear that that wasn't where they were quite yet. That wasn't what they were going to prioritize quite yet. And they still have a, a little ways to go. So when you talk about the prioritize uh, portion of this, now they need one win to give themselves the best record in the East and obviously to lock up the number one overall seed. Um, why do you feel that that's not, that, or at least that wasn't yesterday, the priority against the Brooklyn Nets? Yeah, I don't think they, they really care uh, about when that happens. Uh, going into this, the Bucks were going to have eight games, the Raptors were going to have eight games, and they needed two Bucks wins or Raptors losses. Literally, to add them all up, add all 16 results. They just need two of them to be Bucks wins, uh, Bucks wins or Raptors losses. So uh, they know that it's going to happen at some point, and they're going to be the one seed. So I don't think they're really overly concerned about let's lock it up and then rest. Uh, I think what we've seen is this is kind of more of a holistic approach that it's not once we lock it up, then we'll rest. It's all right. 
this is our plan for the eight games, and we don't want to deviate from that plan. So they decided to play all their guys in the seeding games, and or excuse me, in, in the scrimmages before the seeding games. And Bud talked about that yesterday after the game, that since we did that, we decided that if we're going to manage the workload of all of our guys in the right way, then this day game against the Nets before we start a four-game and six-day stretch, because uh, they do have a back-to-back uh, here Monday, Tuesday, they decided that you know this Nets game was the one where that they wanted to rest people. And it didn't really matter if they had it clinched or not yet, that this was the plan for the eight games, and that's how they wanted to to kind of attack all of this. So uh, I think the the big thing is is not really whether or not they're going to clinch for the the one. They know that it's going to happen, and and I mean maybe maybe they shouldn't know that. Uh, but I think if you run those simulations, it's probably a two percent chance that the Raptors go perfect and the Rap and the Bucks only win one game uh, during those 16 games that those two teams played. So maybe it was foolhardy and, and the impossible will happen, but I think ultimately the Bucks know in, in the end that they're going to get the one seed and they want to make sure that they put their plan in place from the beginning. Do you feel, excuse me, do you feel that this game tomorrow night is a big one considering Miami has knocked them off twice this season? I think it's important for them to to start to figure out exactly how they're going to play against this Heat team. Uh, I've written about it here during uh, kind of the quarantine and during the stoppage in play. When I looked at the Bucks' possible second-round matchups, I think the Heat stand out as a team that is built in many ways to beat the Bucks. I don't know that the Heat went out and said, hey, let's find the best possible team to beat the Bucks. But when you look at their offensive and defensive strategy, they've been built in that way. Defensively, they have a, a guy in Bam Adebayo that's super special, that is big, strong, athletic, all of the things that Giannis is, uh, that they can put him on him and then have a guy like Jimmy Butler who's very good, Andre Iguodala who's very good, Jay Crowder who's very good and strong, all reach in and be good, strong, help defenders. Uh, so defensively, they're, they're, I'm not going to say they're perfectly set up to, to stop Giannis because no one is, really. But as far as teams go, they have some of the, the strongest players and, and really the strongest set of players to try to put together a comprehensive defensive package to stop Giannis. And then if you look at them on the offensive end, they are the very best team in the league at shooting threes outside of the corners. And that is one thing that the Bucks surrender relentlessly. We've seen, obviously, both the, the Rockets and the Nets take advantage of how many threes they give up. The Rockets shot 61. The other night, the Nets shot 57 yesterday. The Bucks' defensive scheme is built to give up those shots, and the Heat are the absolute best team in the league. No one takes more. No one hits more uh, from outside of the corners from the three-point line, the Miami Heat. So this is a team that strategically – is really set up to beat this Bucks team. Now, do they have enough talent? That's the major question. But strategically, I think the Bucks have to figure out a way that they can start to feel more comfortable on the offensive and defensive end against the Heat because in both games, they struggled in those aspects. So they're going to have to find a way to clean it up. And whether or not they win tomorrow, I do think you, you have to start to feel more comfortable and start to get a better understanding of exactly how you're going to attack the Heat both offensively and defensively. 
Talking with Eric Name, our Milwaukee basketball insider. You can get a hold of him at Eric underscore Name, N-E-H-M, over there on Twitter and follow his stuff there. Uh, the turnovers have become, over the last couple of games, I'm not going to say alarming, but uh, pretty consistent. Uh, what are you seeing? Are teams defending them different? It seems to be also that they're getting them at the top of the key. They're getting turnovers via the one-on-one matchups with guard play and some of the errant passes where they seem to be anticipating what the Bucks are going to do. Now, uh, obviously, Budenholzer's alluded to the fact they need to clean it up, but is it as simple as that, or is it something else that maybe they're either telegraphing and teams are catching on to? I, I think the big thing for them has just been – just some sloppy play from guys that typically aren't sloppy. You know, the other night against the Rockets, they have eight turnovers between George Hill and Dante DiVincenzo. And those two have been so sure-handed this season and have been so confident this season that they just really didn't look like themselves. And George Hill looked, I think, a little bit better yesterday in the minutes that he played against the Nets. And I think he's probably trending in the right direction. But the big thing with Hill has been, how confident he is from the three-point line, how willing he is to be aggressive and to to get to the rim, and then how well he takes care of the ball. That's been a big deal for him, and he's been their insurance policy for things go wrong for Eric Bledsoe in the postseason, which they have the last two postseasons. Hill's their their insurance policy, and for him to look as bad as he has in those first couple of games, I think really does give you some level of concern, and I think the Bucks believe that he's going to straighten it out and, and get better in the next five games and then be ready to go for the playoffs. But he is going to have to get right. And I just think there's been so much sloppy play from players that aren't typically sloppy. And then when you're looking at turnovers, you're looking at offensive fouls. Giannis has picked up a bunch of those in those first two games uh, because he played a bunch of teams that really like to flop against him. The Celtics always flop against him. I mean, I remember writing about that back in January uh, when they did it the first time. You saw that again in the first game. The Rockets like to do the same thing. Uh, Those offense fouls count for turnovers, and Giannis tends to pick up a lot of those when he returns from play, whether that's the start of the season or that's a more prolonged injury. Those first couple games where he comes back, he's overly aggressive, picks up, a lot of those offense fouls, and, and that isn't helping the bottom line either. So I don't think it's necessarily teams being ready for the Bucks, knowing their tendencies or anything like that. I, I really do think it is just a lot of guys trying to get right after an extended break. Um, I also wanted to ask you about some of the younger guys, uh, guys like Sterling Brown, who we saw yesterday. Obviously, Bledsoe's working himself back into shape. Connaughton, uh, the depth of this team – Yesterday was impressive. I liked the energy. It looked to me like maybe they just got heavy legs, and suddenly the three started uh, st- uh, stopped falling for them later in the, that ball game when they needed it most. Uh, and a little bit of sloppy play. Obviously, the pass that went out to DiVincenzo as time expired, that was one of those plays that we're talking about. But the younger guys uh, around this team, do you feel that there's the, the, the proper amount of depth here that is going to put them – because I keep talking about the depth is what's going to win them a championship. I mean, the starters are going to get you there, but the depth is going to be what's going to win you a championship. Is, the, is this team deep enough to win that? Yeah, I do think the depth is really a strong point, but we haven't got – I don't know. It, it's interesting because we've gotten to see it, but we haven't gotten to see it. Because Bledsoe and Connerton were out – the Bucks have used their depth in, in ways that they really haven't before. We've seen a lot of big lineups. We've seen a lot of Kyle Korver. We've seen a lot of Ersan Ilyasova. Uh, we've seen both Ilyasova and Marvin Williams and DJ Wilson. And we've seen just so many of them because Bud has gotten 
he's needed to get creative because they just haven't had the guards that they've needed to have. So we've gotten to see a lot of guys that we don't normally see. So in that regard, we've seen it. But, you know, and then on the other side, you know, you really look at how sloppy George Hill has been. You look at Pat Connaughton didn't look great yesterday uh, in his return, banged a couple threes off the off the side of the backboard uh, in the first half, obviously a little bit better in the second half. So uh, I think you've seen that they do have that depth and they are a lot of guys playing, but some of that depth has been a little bit sloppy thus far. So uh, I do think that can be a really big advantage for them. We saw George Hill and, and Pat Connaughton, uh, I mean, essentially help them win that series in Boston last year where they were just huge off the bench uh, and the whole bench mob kind of name got started. So we have seen it, but uh, I think that they're going to have to clean it up, which is really just the story of the whole team. That that depth is there. They just got to clean it up just like the starters have to clean it up. Always great to talk with you, Eric. I appreciate it. We'll talk again next week, and we'll kind of revisit this to see if they've picked up their play without a doubt, okay? I look forward to it. Thank you. Appreciate it, buddy. Talk to you later. There you go. Eric Name of The Athletic joining us for a couple of minutes on the uh, Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers for 85-plus years. They have been doing it. Call them, 844-PRIDE. Go to schneiderjobs.com. If you're looking for a good team or a terrific team or a new team, go to 844-PRIDE or go to schneiderjobs.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.